Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. Season three. My name is Brent Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. We're missing Josh Bond. Uh, yeah, Josh is hiding somewhere, and I'm Trevor Lindy. Great. Okay. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so, at the previous episode, I briefly touched on, and uh, Brandon Cullen is our guest again, co-founder and owner of Metabolic. Um, and, uh, former, um, do they consider AHL professional hockey players? That'd be considered a professional hockey player. Yes. You get yeah. dedicated. Minor league, maybe minor league plug. How about that? Okay. <laughs> um, I just want to, yeah, thanks very much for staying on because we touched briefly on the, in the last episode on mental health and what got me thinking, uh, when I was on Metabolic's website, and also listening to Playing Guilty, which is your new podcast, um, found everywhere where podcasts are um, streamed. Um, the mental health piece, and, and a, a, a man, I'm not big into pop culture, I'm not big into to Hollywood or any of that kind of crap, but a person that changed my perception on, on mental health and counseling and all that kind of stuff it was Dak Shepard, believe it or not, who is a recovering alcoholic and a recovering uh, drug, drug addict who did uh, subsequently had a relapse during COVID. And we've seen a huge spike in, um, in, in relapses uh, with people with, with substance abuse issues. He was asked on his podcast, uh, which has way more than yours and I's combined. Um, but he was asked, hey, if you could... Out of all the tools, out of all the tools you have, AA, um, you know, everything that you have at your disposal to stay sober, what could you not go without of? You know what his answer was, uh, Brandon? Fitness. Exercise. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Fitness. So you touched on the last episode about the struggles you had because of your, your concussion, and you still have symptoms to this day, 14 years on. Do you want to touch on how exercise has helped you navigate that? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I wish I had more of it to really help navigate it because I do believe it is a, um, I mean, it's a chemical response not to get into the science side of it, but like, there's also a routine aspect of it. If you come from it, um, that was one of the, the toughest things, um, I was not crushed that my hockey career was over. It was more of the competitive sports career was over. And I was able to find that in um, business. So I just had to rechannel it in a different way. I will say though, like the, the, I used to love tech. They what my body can tolerate. So I went through phases of ultra distance. Oh, we just kind of cut out there. Here's a, oh, here we go. No, I didn't really cut out. I, I just pause so that we. I think we're getting interference there, right? There we go. Yeah. I'm in the belief it's time to start moving forward. And I do believe there's going to be some major ripple effects. People are 
not even considering at this point in, in regard to mental health, um, whether that's failing businesses, family dynamics. So there's going to be a massive ripple effect that I think you could argue might be even bigger than what has happened in the COVID crisis so far. I totally agree with you with that one, 100%. Like I said, my wife has seen a, a massive increase in, in uh, millennials and Gen Z going to see her. Um, you know, uh, she's also a COVID-19 contact tracer up at Trillium Health. So she sees both sides of it, but she's the, the mental health social worker aspect of it. it, it it's taken a massive toll on people, yeah. massive. And so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the fitness component of it all has definitely, I can say, helped me. Um, I mean, you know, in the beginning, it was all a joke, you know, how much everyone was drinking during COVID. Like the LCBO has literally seen the best year on record. They were, they're hitting targets uh, that they thought they would hit, you know, five, 10 years ago in some categories. Yeah. Great and, time for um, cannabis to be legal in Canada. Great time for the, the grow stores for selling products. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not just the alcohol. <laughs> it's been through the roof. Yeah. And then it's been, I've completely decreased my alcohol consumption uh, since work started to work out again and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's that because you have those natural endorphins, right? I'm, I'm assuming it's, can you explain that kind of chemical, you know, impact from exercise versus obviously alcohol is a depressant, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like it is out of my depth to get into that on the exercise science thing. And I don't want to be taught prescribing something, but we all know the benefits right. of exercise. Um, yeah, I'm also, I'm all for um, cannabis being legalized. Um, I, I, I'm 100% confident in saying it, it is something I have experimented with to help with my post-concussion. It's one of the things that actually I do find relief from. Um, so like I'm a, I'm a big uh, supporter of it. Uh, as as yeah. far as I, I think... Exercise is what it is. And I know that people are getting some value from, uh, say, the Pelotons of the world. So, like, people are still moving for reconnecting with exercise outdoors. And I think these are all great things. I think the, the aspect that is going to be very interesting is the returning to work and the social the human connection side of things like we have, especially you guys in Canada, like you guys have been indoors for the better part of this last year. And, and like, that is something that I completely just disagree with, you know? Um, and it's hard for me to comment on the, the two different approaches. Right. But I mean, I get to talk with my sister on a daily basis that you guys have been forced to go through over this last year has has been nearly in comparison to what um we've had to do in the united states and i'm interested to maybe hear your guys take on what those nine months felt like to be honest because it, it just hasn't been a, a comparable thing in the united states you know what i mean has it only been nine months i could have sworn <laughs> it's been like 10 years yeah i know yeah. Um, it, it, you know what I, I, on the financial planning side, I, I, you know, we, we have the benefit of dealing with 
a lot of pension companies, a lot of large pension companies, and a lot of, you know, like, for example, the casinos. You, you're very familiar with the casinos in here in Niagara, right? Sure. And great paying jobs. And the casinos are closed. And I, I unfortunately have to, I have to hear, and you know, it's very easy for people to make these comments. I'm dealing with people who are sobbing on the other end of the, on the other, on the other end of the phone, because they can't see them in person. They foreclose on their houses. They're foreclosing on car loans. They are, because it's been, you know, very, you know, people flip around and go, well, you got to have three months worth of savings. And I, hopefully that changes going forward because a generation did not do that. It wasn't like her grandparents. They didn't live, you know, through the great depression, sure. but you know, I, hopefully we go back to that, but I don't care who you are. You know, if I wasn't in the situation that I was in, I, I don't know if I could have made the mortgage payments. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I could have done what I could have done. Uh, uh, and, and when you're making 70, $80,000 a year as a card dealer with no education, essentially, uh, at, at a casino and you're closed for a year, I, there's no, there's nothing that I could have done differently as your advisor that could have allowed you to sustain a year of making $2,000 a month. I know. And it's drastically killing people like figuratively and literally um killing people um cancer diagnoses are down my next door neighbor's an er doctor he said that's statistically impossible people don't stop getting cancer so we to your point there is another epidemic coming sure. and that's going to be all the cancer diagnoses that are going to be taking place and they're all going to be in stage three and stage four because no one wants to go to the hospital. Yeah. You know? I think I think from a mental health perspective, the Canadian approach is gonna have longer lasting uh, ramifications though to the population, right? Because of the the closed offness that some people like we've got a buddy, you know, who was notoriously in the office for twelve to fourteen hours a day. Yeah. I haven't, I don't see his vehicle leave. He's my neighbor as well. I don't see his vehicle leave his driveway. Yeah. Right. And I'm constantly checking up on him saying like, Hey man, you okay. Right. Cause I know that this is such a huge shift. And I mean, he's got a very good support network and he's got a lot of mental fortitude. So he he's good. But I, a lot of people I don't think are going to be, are not good and are, are, are going to have lasting trauma as a result of what they've had to endure for sure yeah and third wave oh i mean when the second wave or sorry not even the wave i would say this the third shutdown <clears throat> there were people in the second shutdown saying we're not going to make it through this so so what happens in yeah. the the third shutdown i, I think it's going to be interesting you guys have been uh the country you know, I love it for so many reasons, has been very tolerant throughout this. And it seems that I've watched the parallels of the two countries throughout the crisis. And you've been one phase behind us at the whole time. And what I mean is, it was in our second phase that people started to push back. And I'm, I'm starting to see in phase three now, some of the talk with restaurant owners in Toronto, fitness facilities, just saying, 
we've had enough. And I'm interested to see because there were some specific places in uh, the United States, I think Minneapolis had happened where every restaurant decided on the, on one day, all 3,000 of them were gonna open. And they said, good luck shutting us down. I'm interested to see if that takes shape in Canada because of how you can only be tolerant for so long before now it's your livelihood, it's your family, it's your mental health, it's your bandwidth and all those things. And it is interesting that it's Canada has been one phase behind the States in reaction mode. And I'm wondering if this is kind of that tipping point that we're going to start seeing. It wasn't pretty. It was, it was an ugly, ugly point in the United States in that second phase where the pushback started happening. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you guys are seeing that or if, or if you expect it, but I, well, I do think it could be different I think this time around. I don't know. I think the eye-opening thing right now is that, that baseball started in Toronto Blue Jays are in Texas right now, and Texas has full stadiums, 38,000 people in there. So, like, we're all watching here thinking, well, is the numbers going to go up there? Because Texas is down right now. And you're, like, literally watching 38,000 watch our, our Canadian baseball team watch there. And we're thinking, like, to me, I'm like, holy shit, like, holy, holy moly. You know, watch my language, but we're watching that, and we're, I want to see what 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 happens there. You know, the numbers going to escalate there. Are they going to go down because people are sick of it right now. Well, I, it's just and it's I weird. A breaking it, point coming. It's really weird. Yeah, well, so, you know what it is. sorry, Brandon, you go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. I said it's really weird because it's almost like uh, <laughs> the virus doesn't seem to care. Um, it seems like. The trajectory it's gonna get who it's gonna get and you can slow it down before the vaccines get into place but I, I paid close attention to Ontario's numbers versus North Carolina's numbers throughout the whole process and um, the difference in how we responded versus Ontario was night and day I mean we were we were proportionately open for the majority of it right and the numbers were eerily parallel with us doing very little in comparison to what Canada was doing. And yeah, I don't have a good answer. It's just so confusing, but um, I, I could see where the limitations that are being placed on you guys to see what could be happening in Miami this weekend or Texas in that stadium, it's gotta be in the least whether you agree or disagree with it, it's got to be naturally just frustrating to watch, right? And, and well, here's the thing. Bloomberg did, a, did an analysis, and there's certain, the stories are now starting to come out on how we procured our vaccines versus the U.S. Now, let's be honest. The U.S. has Pfizer and Moderna that build and manufacture and rate in the States. We don't have that in Canada. That's fair. So that, that's one but also what Netanyahu did in Israel and he offered to pay double what anyone else was going to go for. So $34 a, a, a vaccine versus 18, 16, which is what Canada was trying to haggle over, haggle over. Um, and yet now Israel is hundred percent vaccinated. You know, I'm not going to get into uh, uh, politics per se, Republican sure. or versus Democrat. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to follow the mainstream media in the U.S., and I'm going to use that, the dumpster fire that was the last year to four years, okay, as a president who didn't believe COVID existed and all that kind of stuff. And then now you've got the new guy, you know, Biden, 
who is crushing vaccinations. And it is just, they will be, according to Bloomberg, fully vaccinated uh, at her, you guys will be at fully vaccination by June. Well, here's a good example. Like 75%. April 1st in North Carolina or April 7th, anyone over 16 can be vaccinated now. Um, so like I, you can make an appointment and walk into a Walgreens or a CVS and I mean, appointments, you got to be a little bit proactive to get the appointment. But if you want to get vaccinated right now, you can. It's, it's, it's well, doable. Let's plus. That's close to us. We're six feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're very close. Six. Yeah, we're six zero. Yeah, that's. But see, this is where I don't get it. If they're saying that they pay thirty six bucks a vaccine, like I'll pay a hundred, a thousand bucks to go get vaccinated. Like, give us the opportunity to pay for. I'll pay for ten people and I'll get mine. Yeah. Like, Christ, let's get yeah, it done. Yeah, but yeah, but he has great hair. He's got great hair. He looks pretty. <laughs> so that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. Anyway. That's, that's for another episode. Um, but uh, no, that is, you're, you're 100% correct. And at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, it, it's the journey, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's vaccines and arms. It's, it's getting people to, and, and it's how you really treat the mental health. And, and what I'm, I think, what, what politicians also, I think, are, are not realizing is that millennials, which would be our generation, uh, maybe somewhat, Bondo and Collins, but definitely Lindy and I. Um, we don't believe the political bullshit anymore. We, you know, our parents' generation and older, you could just tell them something and then whatever. Like millennials, we have access to information. We're going to turn around and go, no, we're going to call you on your bullshit. You, you know, and the whole treating us like idiots is not working. You know, locking down, opening up, locking down, opening up, and trying to spin the story. People are just calling you on it, and that's where I think people's mental health is starting to really take a take a turn for the worse because they're just like now with improper communication. You've got the QAnons of the world, you've got the misinformations of the world coming out. You know, Denzel Washington famously said, "If you don't read the newspaper, you're misinformed. You're uninformed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed." Yeah. and because it's it's it all depends on the spin you want to read so um i don't know it it was just really interesting on how you overcame that and that that's good to hear that you weren't so tragically upset that your hockey career came to an end um but you were you you kind of liked it to the the competitiveness piece which was which was really good and the synergies yeah but i don't i agree i don't I don't mind admitting to that too. Like I, I'm all for therapy. I've have experimented with it at certain points. So whatever, if you have the right kind of support staff, even like, you know, I don't want to, this is going to go into a different place, but one of the, one of the things I always struggle with, um, uh, the concussion, the bad side of the concussion. So like the suicide, the, the alcohol abuse, like uh, all of that kind yeah. of stuff you know, there, there's an untold story about the person in um, hockey that became a enforcer or um, a heavyweight that then suffered from a concussion and they had, but they had a certain, they had, um, they had some mental problems going into it and, and the, the concussion just kind of put those short, those, those issues like on display and made it tough to deal with. So, 
you know, I, I fell into a role in hockey where there was, there was some fighting involved and there was a lot of contact. Right. But I, I didn't love it. Like some of the, some of the people did, you know, it just, it, 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 it's what happened. So the fact that when my career was over, I had somewhere to go and channel my energy, I think is that untold story that I actually had something else to do. And I think a lot of people that get lost and they were just, they were a player and they lose that identity. I think that's as much a part of the mental health story on top of the, the concussions and stuff like that. The concussions almost like the accelerant again, kind of, I've said that twice now relating it to, uh, to COVID, but you know, I think a lot of the, the tragic stories specifically from the hockey world, you hear about people were battling demons before the concussion. And, you know, I wish that story was told a little bit more like where was their help before the concussion started? Hmm. I got a question. Do do you think they should remove fighting from hockey? Um, At this point now, I honestly don't see the need for it. I love it. You know, I personally love it. I I really (laughs) like the game that I came through versus the one I watch on TV. Now I'm blown away with the skill of the players now. Like it, it blows me yeah. away. I don't even think I could have <laughs> could even, could no even practice with the, the players now that are they're, they're so amazing. But I I have trouble watching the game at this point. I find it very soft and not very gritty to watch, just because of the way I like to play it. But to say yeah. that, does fighting have to be in the game? I think that's a bit of a stretch. It doesn't have to be in the game. It's just people like it. It's the North America. I'm a huge Leafs fan, and I miss I miss the Darcy Tucker and Wendell Clark days because there's no one that does that anymore. You got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner figure skating, which is great and exciting, but just interesting because you got your concussion with with fighting. So I was curious. Yeah, no, yeah, but honest, we're simple answer. I think no, I, I don't think it needs to okay, be there. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's one of the more exciting parts of hockey. I think I for agree. sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're North American, right? So that's more of the North American game as opposed to the European style hockey. Yeah. Right? And, I, and you know what, too? It's just, I guess it's just a product of our environment at this point. But if you like, if you're to step away and say, like, does there need to be fighting in hockey? I think it's a tough argument to make at this, at this point. Um, but again, like I loved everything about when I played it was a riot it was a blast it was pretty painful it, it was all the, the the best of it but I I don't know if I'd want to put my kids through that now I don't I don't know if that's yeah. something I would do <laughs> but if they wanted to I'd be fine with it too it just you know I don't think you'd force it well you can see even the players get the most excited when there's a fight on there like a legit fight. It just watch it without crowds right now. There's no emotion it feels like in the game. There's barely any fighting cuz they don't want to get up to it. It's it's I still love watching it but I'm like, "Oh, I miss the days of Darcy Tucker and Ty Domi and Gary Roberts crushing people and they just don't have that anymore." Like Wayne Simmons is trying, but like I'm a big Leaf fan obviously, <laughs> but yeah. it's just it's interesting hearing from an ex an ex player. So yeah. Sorry, I just had to ask that. No, you're good. I see both sides of it. I think it's a more exciting game, like you said, but the but the the humane side of it doesn't need to be it's tough. You know, I, I 
I'm going to give some credit, and maybe if you can comment on it. Oh, wait. The bandwidth is low there. Is he back? Hold on. We'll just wait for him to come back. He is. Maybe he's just got an intense look for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just uh... – You got to admit that, though, we're waiting. Like, watching hockey or sports, except for just watching the Blue Jays play in Texas, I was excited because the crowd was yeah. there. Yeah. There's like no energy in the games right now. It's like, oh, my God, I'm checking my phone while I'm watching hockey. I'm like, okay, somebody hit somebody. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, oh, Brandon, you're yeah, back. Sorry, Perfect. I'm pulling into Miami right now, so I'm getting in between buildings, so I don't want to lose you guys, but I might. Well, that's okay. Well, what we'll do is we'll do one quick comment, and that was just basically – and you can comment, and then we can, we can you know, end it up. Okay. We appreciate Great. everything. Um, and that is, you know, growing up, I mean, maybe other people uh, put you as, as one or the other, but I don't ever felt, I didn't, I don't feel uh, going to high school with you or anything you ever identified as being or made your identity being hockey or being a hockey player per se. You, you, you had other interests, you expanded it. And especially with your, your grandfather being a New York Ranger and a Toronto Maple Leafs, that would have been a very easy thing for you to follow. And I don't think you did that. Do you feel that that helped you make that transition and why your feelings of your hockey career being over? Wasn't that much, that wasn't that impactful? Yeah, I think you're onto something. Um, I definitely was as much as I was, you know, a great teammate, like, I'm not patting myself on the back there, but anyone that played with me knew that I was the guy that, you know, that I was a great teammate. I would have done anything for guys on my team. But at the same point too, I was also the weirdo at the back of the bus. that was like reading music magazines and, and as much as people were look, looking at stats. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I've come to grips that I'm 100% am a competitor and I need something to see how good I can be at something. But I think the reason I played hockey is because I grew up in Canada and there was some ice around me and my family played hockey and that's put skates on me at a young age. Um, I'm a, I was a good athlete and I think I probably could have been good at a few different sports. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I just think I'm a, a, a driven competitive individual. Um, and that, and you know, business allows me to do that now. So I'll, I'll be honest, but what I, I don't know if I identified as a hockey player, player Brandon, I'll say that. Um, but I can say this, I think I'm a lot better at what, what I do now than I ever was at hockey. I, I can admit to that. Fair enough. That's fair. Well, for, on that note, let's let, we'll, we'll end the episode, uh, Please email me your your address and also because Brand Boulevard will send you okay. something, um, and also your any Twitter handle or anything of that nature so we can tag you. Um, again, uh, Matabolic, um, it's in Burlington in in, in Ontario, um, and soon to be hopefully more locations. And the podcast is playing guilty. Brandon Cullen, thank you so much for, for dialing in. We really appreciate it. I'm so glad you're well, man. So glad yeah. to connect. Uh, and uh, on that note, everyone, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Bondo, take it away. Take it away. Help us help you stay informed. Thanks, thanks everyone. guys. Appreciate it, guys. Hi, I'm Emily Roger 
And I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.